And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. It is Monday, uh, the day after a big uh, Minnesota United game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, and we have to talk about it because, well, this is what yeah, the show is all about. Yeah, the word half. But uh, before we get into that, guys, uh, it was a nice, another nice weekend here in Minnesota. Uh, the weather was fantastic. Uh, I think the corners being turned this week where temperatures are going to get back to where they normally are. I was supposed to go to uh, Oktoberfest in New Ulm uh, this last weekend. Uh, Oktoberfest is back on in New Ulm. It was canceled last year, of course, because of COVID. And uh, I was supposed to go on Friday night. We ended up not going. Me and my friend, our friend Nels, ended up not going because of... Uh, well, not that many people were going. And uh, then we found oh. out that uh, somebody's wife had the COVID and uh, he was still going to go and whatever. And oh, boy. it just was, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth yeah. it. Home so, uh, of uh, Shell's Brewing, obviously. Shell's Brewing. Yeah, we yeah. were down Shell's a few months ago for old. John's, John's yeah. wedding a few months ago, back in late May. So. And I was very excited because uh, Friday night, uh, Shell's was doing something they'd never done before. And usually the Saturday guys is the big shells Oktoberfest at the uh, shells grounds there. And they got the tents and they got the polka band or the uh, hobo band. And they got the, the Steins beer and the pretzels and the, and, uh, but Friday night, usually they don't have anything going on. Well, this time they were going to do a pre pre party, like a pre block party uh, 21 up at the, uh, up at the brewery there. And uh, the, the, there was going to be a DJ there, and the DJ's name was uh, DJ, uh, what was it? DJ um, Strudel Boy. DJ Strudel Boy. Strudel Boy. Yeah. Should I know who that is or not? Well, I, mean, I, not sure I, I think do. that is the hidden identity of our friend John Andrewski. Pretty sure that's his hidden identity. Really? He DJs on the weekends as DJ Strudel Boy. No, I don't know who it is, but I thought, I thought it was, his hidden identity was Frank. It could well. That's another. He's got a couple of them, Connor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're having a block party there. I was kind of excited to go to that, but we'll do it next year. No big deal. Uh, I want to get down there because Shells, of course, you guys. I think I talked about this. They opened a tap room now uh, at their brewery. So not only do they do tours, but they also have a tap room that you can go to all the time. So it's not just uh, you know go there in the summertime for their little patio. It's it's they're tap rooms open i think all year so uh get down there and enjoy their good beers um i don't know what else is going on this weekend oh well because now that i didn't go to uh Toberfest, we went and saw the new uh, venom movie uh which, wow. which wait a minute wait a minute yeah. why would you go see venom when like is, didn't the new bond movie come out that's hold the on. one now, i would have hey now hold on dave now we were gonna go see bond but the problem with it was a there were no early start times for Bond on Friday. We want an early uh, start time. And that movie's almost three hours long. Mm. So oh, we wanted wow. a we wanted a movie that was a little bit quicker than that. So we saw Venom, uh, which if there's any, any MCU fans out there, uh I won't give it away, but the uh the, the end end uh post credit scene will blow you away. Uh because uh I, I'm just gonna say it. That's it'll blow you away. So go see yeah. Venom. Uh, we actually went to uh, Punchbowl Social afterwards. We did some bowling at Punchbowl Social, um, which was uh, which was fun. Uh, 
and uh, yeah, on the West End there in St. Louis Park. So oh, you're right in my neck of the woods. Yeah, I'm right Very down nice. there. Yeah, so I haven't uh, been to the West End in a while. That's I love that area, but I haven't been there it is. It's great. Uh, you know what's funny though, Dave, is that do you remember uh, Toby Keith's? I do. There, yeah, there's still nothing in that freaking place. Really? really, there's still nothing there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been how many years since Toby oh, Keith well. closed down? It's been a while. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I've been. I was. I've been there once or twice when it was Toby Keith's. Um, but yeah, I couldn't tell you how long it's been since it's closed. But I suppose in this atmosphere environment, maybe it's a little tough to open a venue like that now. But, but who knows? Maybe come. It could come back here in the next but, few months. Well, you gotta. If you whoever does go in there has to compete with the yard house right across the yeah right across which, the way there and the yard house is uh is almost a staple of the of the west end over there now with all those beers on tap and amazing well, food well yeah I mean Toby Keith's I think in its prime was interesting because like when I went there it had kind of all ages it seemed like yeah. there was you know every because I but now I think going forward someone could probably open that more with like the younger crowned younger crowd in mind because it had, I mean, it has that all that dance floor space. It has a tap yeah. space. It's yeah. a, it, you know, Toby Keith's closed before the pandemic even hit. So it's been, it's been empty for a while. Uh, we did go to the yard house before the uh, movie though, guys had a yard or a half yard of beer. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's funny about the yard house guys. I mean, when's the last time you guys were in there? Uh, my wife and I went a couple weeks ago. It's, they don't have as many Minnesota craft brews as you think they would have. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder. Yeah. I, and I, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I wonder if that's just because of their brand and, you know, yeah. they're all, over, they're a lot of play. I shouldn't say all yeah. over the country, but they're certainly got a broader reach. Cause I mean, I, I now that you say that, I think the last time I was in a yard house, yard house might've been in Kansas city. Yeah. KC. Yeah. And it was with Nels and I, but uh, yeah, um, it's hard. Yeah. I, and that's why I was thinking, maybe I've been in the, the West end location before, after that, but yeah, I, I did. I noticed exactly the same thing. It's not a local craft beer. Now there's, no handful to choose from there's a lot to choose from a lot of expensive beers to choose from uh but uh defiant the local stuff is not it's not there um yeah and i guess that's fine uh but i just thought it was interesting yeah uh, yeah but uh i know dave dave you went to uh st louis over the weekend i did yeah i made a real quick trip down to st louis just to kind of scout out the uh st louis sc maybe their future site of a oh sure Sure. Soccer specific stadium. Check yeah, out, you know, the, the soccer vibe down yeah. there. So yeah, no, actually, but I did go down to St. Louis, but it was more for a kind of a big family birthday celebration. Almost felt like a mini family reunion, but it was just uh, celebrating a bunch of birthdays that had come up this year. And a lot of those people on my mom's side of the family, I had not seen in at least you know almost a couple years, if not longer now. So. It was well worth it to go. I, I was I was down there for just over twenty four hours. Flew out Saturday morning, came back Sunday afternoon. So, uh, how many new listeners do we have now? Ah, uh, you know, hopefully about. I think there was actually forty or fifty people there. So oh, if we oh. get, uh, I don't know, one or two of those forty. I mean, yeah. actually, I should say there was actually some soccer fans. I just didn't spend enough time talking MLS and soccer. There's a couple DC United soccer fans, including my cousin. What DC? Yeah, I've got a cousin now that lives out there in, D, in the D.C. area. So he's a kind of a, he's a D.C. United supporter and like mm-hmm. soccer uh, just didn't come. Ron's his name, if he's listening, but it didn't come up, oh. didn't come up as much as I figured. There was too much to talk about, too much going on in just a short window of time. For I get party. It. So, I get but yeah, it. it was a great, great trip. Everything went smooth and it was a lot of fun to see family. And 
yeah. my parents were down there as well. And uh, yeah, nice. so just a good time all in, all in all and got back Sunday, everything went smoothly. So yeah, good, good weekend. Nice deal. Uh, Connor, you're still on, uh, you're on baby watch now, aren't you? Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, she's due in less than two weeks now. So, oh, um, so literally it could happen any day. Good Lord. Um, but no, it was, uh, it's, I mean, everything is saying that she is either going to be on time or late because she's, <clears throat> excuse me uh she has had like no signs of labor whatsoever so um so it looks like it's going to be a little while longer uh but yeah it's exciting it's uh, just kind of being on her toes i'm checking my phone at work like every hour every day and oh. just um it's been it, it's going to be a hell of a next couple weeks uh, but we actually ended up having some neighbors over on friday uh in this beautiful minnesota weather Mm-hmm. uh had an outdoor barbecue uh had some burgers and some hot dogs and everybody brought some dishes over like some taco dips and some chips and uh uh yeah it ended up being there ended up being like 20 of us it was awesome nice um, yeah we uh we just chatted until like 11 p.m and midnight and it was awesome it was great some mosquitoes still out there yeah there were a few um in, in it, october Come on. Yeah, I I didn't. Uh, I God, why are there still mosquitoes out in October? No, man. It, it was. I mean, it was good weather, but I really thought they'd be gone by now. Yeah, you know, that's what I thought too. But well, uh, you, well you just said it. The weather's been just a little too good. We haven't uh, spent enough time in the forties, you know, and that's yeah. that's what yeah. we'll do. It the low forties consistently would kill them off, but uh, we haven't had uh, that much cold weather. Later this week, it'll kill them off. So, yeah. um, well, good. Everybody had a, a pretty good weekend. Um. Uh, I think we're all drinking tonight, right? We got sure some, are. Anybody got some new breweries? Anybody? I do. I have one. Yeah, we're Connor. Connor's Connor's usually good for a new brewery or two, which is yeah. awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Well, uh, yeah, we, what do you got there, Connor? Uh, well, I have a new brewery from Rochester here. Uh, well, I don't know if they're new, but uh, but we've never had them on the podcast. Uh, Little Thistle Brewing. What? Well, uh, say, sorry to interrupt. Didn't you um? Didn't you do uh, feature a Rochester brewery? Was it just last pot or the previous? Uh, last podcast, yes. yeah. yeah, last podcast. It was a thesis brew project, I believe. Um, uh, but yeah, this one is uh, called Little Thistle. It was one that I'd never heard of, but uh, my buddy Josh was down in, uh, uh, and his wife were down in Rochester a couple weeks ago, and uh, Henry's like pawing at me right now. Oh. Um, he, but they were down in Rochester. They asked if I wanted some crawlers, brought some up for me. So shout out to them once again for hooking me up with some crawlers. Nice. Uh, this one is called Strata Galactica. Um, and it's a double dry hops, hazy double IPA uh, with Strata and Galaxy hops. And actually check, take a look at this uh, crawler cover here. It's kind of oh, cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and there is a little... Uh, a little, shall we say, epilogue of it on the on the back. Of course, if you're drinking it after the fact, you'll you're reading it after you drink it. It's the epilogue, um, or is that what epilogues are? Uh, is, are uh, do epilogues come before or after? That's know. after. Is prologue. After? Pro no. Prologue is before, right? Prologue is before. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Epilogue is after. Epilogue is after. So it says, "From an ocean of emptiness springs forth this dank, double, dry hopped, hazy double IPA." Featuring infinite notes of passion fruit, peach, and tangerine, this celestial celestial beer is always fleeting. Get yours before the orbit passes you by. 
Nice. Um, and it's very, very good. <clears throat> um, when I saw that there were hints of passion fruit and fe- peach in there, uh, I drank it again and the, the tastes are ever so subtle. Um, but I love those kind of double dry hops beers. It's kind of my new favorite thing now. Uh, they're, it's very, very good right up my alley. Well, nice, man. And uh, speaking of double dry hop, you know, I've got one too. So, nice. um, Dave, up at you go next. What you got? <clears throat> All right. Well, I, I got a beer from a brewery that we have not recorded at uh, over the last few years, but uh, I have been to and probably featured on the pod as well. I, I have a beer from Boom Island Brewing, Brewing Company down in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Right. And uh, this one is kind of, you, you guys might laugh because <coughs> really, I didn't think it was me. I just must have been in one of those moods. I actually picked it up last week and just hadn't had a chance to get to it. I have obviously a seasonal beer from them called Pumpkin Pie. Oh, <laughs> I know oh. I, that's exact. Tony, that's exactly the reaction. I, I thought you, a visible, uh, you know, an auditory reaction from yourself as well, as well as a visual kind of like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel, but I'm going to tell you what, um, first of all, I do like pumpkin pie, number one. And number two, yeah. I, I'm not one of those guys that goes, or gals that goes crazy with, you know, get the pumpkin spice lattes and this and this and then this and that. You know, I, I eat pumpkin usually once a year, pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. maybe twice a year if I get mm-hmm. a couple over the holidays. But anyways, I will say this. Yeah, I've seen ads for like, I think Bud Light has a seltzer out yeah, there. Gross. Pumpkin spice seltzer. Mm-hmm. Well, let gross. me tell you what this. So this their pumpkin pie ale, which is available on tap on draft right now at Boom Island. And but I didn't I picked this up in the local liquor store. It actually works pretty well because it is an amber ale. You know, they call it like, what do they oh. call it? An autumn, they call it their autumn ale, but it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's an amber ale. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're going to put pumpkin spice and this is literally, you know, brewed with pumpkin spice and another nice touch is the, is vanilla, sure. Madagascar vanilla that hence the pumpkin pie, but I'll tell you what, it really works with the amber ale and it, uh, you know exactly what you're going to get. And I mean, it's actually kind of cool. It has a little orangish brownish, you know, tint, mm-hmm. but you yeah. definitely know exactly what you're going to get. It's, it's not overpowering but it definitely has that pumpkin pie taste so honestly if, if any medium that you're going to put pumpkin pie into as far as alcohol and beer is concerned it's the amber ale that works perfectly uh comes in 6.6 percent and so it's um it's not quite it's not going to overpower you but it's not quite a, a sip uh, it's not kind of it's not a slammer either so yeah you know i i was really surprised when i bought it it just kind of stuck out i'm like oh that's different what the heck so and we are in fall now middle october so yeah yeah I, but, i've been to the the boom island uh tap house down there it's a nice little tap, in, tap room in uh have. minnetonka there yeah mm-hmm. yeah See, it's, now, it's really nice i went to the original uh which was in minneapolis oh i've uh, been to that one too actually over Literally by on yeah. boom island no it was uh right off of uh, kind of how would i put it it was like uh south up, up. south of bj's like right, right near there. like the, the Dowling Washington exit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. 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 It was kind of tucked away uh, and they moved. And I, I think we probably talked about this on the podcast when they moved, they moved due to crime and they, they put it out there on social media that they moved because they didn't want to deal with the crime in that area. And they did not feel safe in that area. Plus they didn't have any parking and they just thought they could get a better deal out west somewhere and they did they went to minnetonka and uh, look what they're doing now you know yeah. but uh yeah i went there when they first opened up years ago 
Um, and uh, it was it was some good beers. They were doing a lot of when they first started. They were doing a lot of um, Belgium uh, type of stuff. So a lot of farmhouse ales and you know double. Uh, what would they have? What was their big one? They probably still have it. I can't think of the name of it, but uh, a, well, double a double Bach or something like that. Um, so they're doing a lot of that stuff, and it was it was good. Um, it makes sense that's uh, that's uh, your beer is an amber beer then too. Uh, that you've got uh, a little connection to that Belgian side, um, mm-hmm. not too much. But uh, I've actually been leaning a little bit more toward amber beers lately too, and uh, so I might want to check that out. Uh, I think we're down in the area because it's full. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, that is part of it. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think I've always kind of liked the, you know, amber and brown ales, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even before I got, really got into craft beer. If I was going to drink someone back in the day, something other than say a Miller Lite, it, it would probably be some kind of a brown ale. Yep. And so, yeah, just, and especially in the fall, it kind of works. And just to, you know, in my research leading up to the pod tonight, I did go back to their website just to see what they had on tap. Cause for me, it's been a little bit over a year now since I've been in the tap room and, uh, you're right. They do have a really good selection of beers right now. And, and they always did. They did when I was in there and have been in there last. And like, for example, they got a DDH uh, on draft right now called the Gemini. And then, yeah, they have several, uh, Bel- they got like a Belgian pale ale and yep. I, they have a dual. So yeah. Good, yep. Uh, yep. They're a good place. Good we'll do a, we'll do a podcast there at some point. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, Connor, I've got another, I've got a uh, double dry hopped uh, New England IPA. It is okay. uh, part of this uh, from Insight Brewing. It's their hop drop. Uh, I saw oh, this. Yeah. It is the it was a twelve pack of beer uh, that was their hop drop pack, and it had a bunch of different uh, well IPAs in it. It had a it has a double dry hopped IPA, New England IPA. It's got a dry hopped New England IPA. It's got an American IPA. It's got a West Coast IPA. It's got four different beers in there. Uh, nice. This is their double dry hopped New England IPA, which is. Uh, uh, got some cashmeres, uh, some Idaho sevens, Idaho seven cryos, and some citra hops, and uh, thick, creamy, juicy, and heavy-bodied cashmere hops lead the way with this lemon and melon. Idaho seven doubles down on the herbal and citrus qualities, and citra ties it all together. Massively hop forward in both flavor and aroma, with as little bitterness as we could get away with. So not a not a bitter beer at all, guys. Uh, I don't know how hazy it is because I'm not drinking it out of a bottle or uh, out of a uh, out of a glass. It's only six point five percent, so that's not bad. So uh, yeah, guys from Insight doing their thing with the hop drop. Yeah. I like these. Yeah, uh, we we love Insight. They I think they were the last uh, brewery that we did before the pandemic. Uh, yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. Um, I do like. Uh, like these uh, local breweries doing these kind of uh, packs uh, doing these different packs of beers, like they're doing uh, different things. I certainly kind of started it, um, but insights and some of the other ones have kind of uh, done some crazy stuff with their packs. And it's always cool to see something like this pop out and pick it up. I know it's not cheap, you know, packs like this or for a 12 pack, it's like 20 bucks, but you know, it's still, still good beer. So um anywho guys enough with the good things let's talk about some bad things shall we do we have to i was uh, uh, we have have a lot more fun talking about the weekend and our beers and everything else Mm. i mean Mm. there were certain bad parts of the weekend but there were a lot more better parts look 
we have to talk about it because yeah. it, it, I'm not – when we get into it, I'll, I'll tell you. But yesterday's game, guys, at home against the Colorado Rapids, the Loons. Uh, this game originally, guys, was supposed to be on ESPN uh, as a uh, – uh, national broadcast. It was kicked off ESPN for what did I say, guys? The, uh, the UEFA, UEFA, UEFA Nations League final, yeah. I believe. Nation, yeah. So it was kicked off of that. Um, Shout out to France, I guess, for winning France. their uh, yeah, yeah, a major title. They got it. Uh, but uh, they kicked us off US, ESPN. Moved the times like 50, 50 times. I mean, it was back. And that was confusing because didn't they? They moved it from to two p.m. Yeah. And, then, and then as soon as they started doing that, I wasn't. I couldn't even yeah. be sure by which app I opened. Like, oh, is this mm-hmm. Eastern time or Central time or like, you know, right? Know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a beautiful Sunday in October for a game at Allianz Field. I will say that I mm-hmm. wasn't there, but uh, I'm sure it looked it looked nice on TV. Um. Starting lineups, guys. The crazy thing is, of course, we were missing was four players who were on international duty. Yeah, that was yeah. Lude, uh, Boxel, Metnir, and then who, who am I missing? And not a regular. Uh, uh, what's his, uh, the other Finn? Uh, Juka Ritala. Ritala. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then we find out that we're also missing Will Trap because his wife's having a kid. So yeah, that was a surprise. That was yeah. a surprise right there. Happy Shout surprise. Shout out, Will Trap. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats to Will Trap for his kid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so our lineup is a little bit shaky, uh, of course. Uh, we have now during the broadcast, uh, a lot, I think a lot of people heard this that uh, Cal said that originally uh, Heath was going to put Hassani Dotson at right back. Well, and before you get into the specifics of that, I think it, it's, it's good to mention that it, hey, a great sign that Dotson was back. Mm-hmm. and available after being injured and being unavailable for several matches now. So I guess, yep. yeah, you had those four players out. It was nice to see him come back. So it was, but I mean, the, the fact that Heath was going to put him at right back, I think a lot of people were a little bit like, what, why? Well, yeah, he was going to yeah. stick Will Trap and Ozzy Alonzo in the middle and, yep. uh, and, and, and Dotson back there. We talked about Dotson being kind of the, you know, the Swiss army knife for this team, being able to play multiple positions. But as we've said before, he has found his niche in the midfield and 100%. putting him in the back or the front doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Let, I mean, I, I let TJ Taylor do his thing back there. Yeah. I, I get both sides of it because yeah, there's no denying that he had really found his pairing in his home with Will Trapp in the midfield. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, that that's where you want to see him. And I think, if you're going to be, that's his, I think if he had, I mean, I love the fact that he's versatile and can play all over the pitch literally, but I, I love, he really did find, I think his home is in that, you know, midfield defensive yeah. mid or yeah. eight or six. I think he can play, eight, you know, six or eight, but anyways, that's kind of, that was his home, especially with Will Trapp. That pairing was great. But so I think as soon as he found out that Will Trapp was going to be un, unavailable and that was probably wait and see kind of thing. You know, I know I didn't know about it until just before kickoff. Yep. I'm sure it was kind of a wait and see for them. And I think, you know, I can, that's why I'm saying I can see both sides of it. Cause here's the thing. If you have a Ozzy Alonzo, I brought this up before we recorded, but Ozzy Alonzo earlier in the season, he not only did he not play sparing, he played sparingly. And then when he did come in, usually as a late sub or he didn't play well, at least maybe from a plus minus kind of standpoint, he, it didn't seem like he was playing well, but he due to necessity or whatever reason over the last month, five, six, seven matches. Now, I think, We've seen Ozzy Alonso not only play a lot, but play well. And so I think from his standpoint, okay, you have a chance to get an, keep Ozzy Alonso in the lineup where he's been, of yep. course. 
you know, Dotson coming back from injury, that's great. And then, you know, you know, and you want to have Will Trapp, who's been a stalwart out there. He's played the most minutes, you know, up until now for the club. So I think he's thinking you get those three players. If you can get them on the pitch, then great. And that's all he was thinking, even though credit, you know, DJ Taylor has come in a couple of times earlier this year, stepped up for the most part pretty well. Um, yeah. So I get both sides of it. I think Heath is like, I want my best players on the pitch. Should mention one other thing if we're talking about lineup, unless you want to come back to that tone, but that Reynoso was also in the starting lineup. That was uh, right. that was nice to see. Red card yep. rescinded, boys. Red, Red card, card rescinded. was rescinded, as we all thought it would be. Yep. And uh, so he had Ray back in there. And then because Robin Lud is not available, we couldn't play a false nine like Keith has liked to do in the past couple games. So Adrian Anu gets to start up top uh, in this game. Uh, along with uh, Finley and Fregapani. And uh, so, yeah, and of course, we had Kalman uh, sitting back there for uh, Boxel. So it's funny, Tony, that you met. I think Adrian Anu, I think this is the only way he was going to find himself back into the starting lineup. Yeah. It's because he, he needed to be in the starting mm-hmm. lineup. And uh, at least that's the sense you get when you look mm-hmm. at, you know, what, how, who's he's throwing out there. And no disrespect to Lude, he's been obviously one of two most important players for this uh, club, but, but uh, yeah. Okay. So at least, yeah, this is one of the cases. Yeah. You have Hanu to slot in as your DP and start up top. That was yep. good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go, of course. And uh, with those four guys gone, our bench of course is thin still. I mean, we got some guys back from injury, but still it's not the best bench in the world. One uh, thing I should, one thing I was uh, did note, uh, I think leading up to the game is that uh, Kid Mangucci is is back from loan was it sacramento i think but he is back as of this game and was actually available on the bench so that's interesting a little more maybe depth depth in the back he had to be we needed players i mean absolutely absolutely he's um so guys this game starts off uh really with a bang i mean uh, we looked we looked good in the first uh when the first uh 10 minutes here right guys i mean yeah i thought this game very before we get into it, this game is very important because Vancouver had lost the night before. And Vancouver is right behind us in the standings. They're in eighth place. We're in seventh place. I think they're a point behind us. Yes. Winning this game yesterday would have vaulted us into fifth place, I believe. Yep. Yep. And we would still have an opportunity to get into fourth place and get a home playoff game. Okay. So we needed this game and Colorado has been on a hot streak. We all, we know that. I mean, it's, 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 it's Colorado. They're hot, but this is a home game. And, and this is something, this is a game we should win. Yeah. And Tony, yeah. To to your, to your, I mean, this was a game that, yeah, Colorado leading up, Colorado was sitting on 48 points prior to the game yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know, a full 10 points ahead of, ahead of Minnesota. That's why you're looking at, you know, a three point, you know, if Minnesota can take the three points, not only do they move into fifth, but they move, you know, that, that much closer, Mm -hmm. not saying they're going to catch three or Colorado at all, but yeah, you move closer to that playoff line. And this is what we talked about. And for me, I think there was a lot of pessimism just because of the international duty players that we had to lose questions about whether Ray would even be available. So, I mean, leading into this game, I was already starting to feel bad, but again, it's, it's the pressure. This was a huge game. You're coming back at back home after, you know, losing a game at DC United, losing Mm -hmm. a game at uh, Dallas. I'm sorry. They well, got the drop, drew, Dallas, but, yeah. but they got the one point and it's just setting. And the, I don't know. You look at the, I think most people would agree though, even though there were two games in the road, 
most fans of this club at least would have expected more. And so, but what did we say it did? It just puts those kind of results, just put more pressure on these home matches that uh, in the MLS, you, you need to win a majority of the home matches, you know, yeah. assuming you want to be a playoff team, yep. you know, you need to win a significant majority. So it's just a lot of pressure and there was a lot of pressure uh, into the game. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah, you're right, Tony. I think the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of this game yeah. was very positive. Now, I know it was kind of fun. It was, it was the game was open. I know Colorado had a couple of chances. They were, for the most part, easy saves for uh, for Tyler Miller. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Minnesota, I thought, was the better side for the first 15, 20 minutes. And really? uh, they kind of stuck to the script as far as what works. We talked about it. You know, what? why were they so successful against the Galaxy in Portland at home, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago? Well, well it's they- Starting fast, starting early, you know, having, you know, getting out on the front foot and putting on the pressure early. And that's what they did in this game, too. Minute yeah. number eight, guys. Minute number eight. Uh, Anu scores a goal and it's set up by Ray to Fragapane. Fragapane kicks it back to Anu at the top of the box. Anu, who we thought might have had the yips, gets it in the right right side of the of the goal. Scores it. Uh, we're up one nil, guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. credit. Um, I mean, obviously, credit Renoso and Frankopane, especially for getting that ball in there. And then even Hanu, he had kind of a heavy first touch, but kept it under control beautifully mm-hmm. and then slotted it. I think he got it through at least one set of defenders' legs. Two, it, I was, think two. it was two, two. Yeah. So, and that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking because in I was watching it on my iPhone at that time. I was literally sitting on the airplane prior to takeoff, and I was but I was watching the game the first 30 minutes of the game on my phone. So maybe I didn't have the best view, but my first reaction was, wow, that the goalkeeper could have done better with that. But I think it was clearly a case of the goalkeeper being a little bit blocked by yep. obviously those defenders, which the ball went through their legs. So, but yeah, no, I, I really looked at, I looked back at it several times since, and I just, you know, of course the assists were just beautiful. You expect mm-hmm. that from a Reno. So you expect that from as, you know, as well as Frangapane has been playing since he got here. And then, Credit Hanu for that first touch, kept it under control and put it on target, far post. And, yep. you know, didn't, I mean, that's what, how great for Hanu at that point. You know, I don't know what you want to call it, doghouse or not. He hasn't seen the pitch, much of the pitch over the last month. And for him to get out in his first start in quite a while now and to score a goal in the first 10 minutes, that's huge. Mm-hmm. For the club, it's huge for him. And, you know, you're feeling good because that's a script. You start early. Get an early goal, you have a lead, and now you can uh, play your game. And that's yeah, you know it's, a, it's a it's a goal he very much needed for sure. He did. Um, he, I mean, like you say, Tony, he had the he had the yips, and hopefully this is something that would get him out of it. Um, so yeah, credit to Anu, a uh, a lot of credit to Anu uh, because it's mm-hmm. uh, it was a great shot. Um, something that Yarborough really couldn't get to. Um, he was blocked. very well placed. He was, he was blocked by those. He was yeah. screened by his defenders and some other people. Yep. He, a lot of junk there. In, in the in the center of the box there. Uh there's no way he was gonna get to it. Yeah. Um so that's it guys. We won one and nil. Let's let's talk about something else. Let's go. Let's yeah go. we can we can start the talk about the next game. No, no. okay. Yeah. Uh I will say this guys after Anu's goal he had another attempt uh that he missed. Again he's he showing showing what kind of skill he has. He's he's a skilled player. He's he's yeah he can do this you know if he gets opportunities to do it he can um we at that point, guys, I think we really in control of this game. Uh, I know first, we had a, at least for the first twenty minutes of the first half, we did. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were uh, we were go- we were in control of this game from start to finish. I mean, I mean, not start to finish, but from start to at least twenty minutes. Sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
So we it, could it call was 20 a, minutes finish. It, it was an it was an entertaining half, and I I was fortunate enough to be able to watch most of the first half, and it was definitely an entertaining half. Um, but you know, Colorado. I mean, at this point, I mean, in the game, I was kind of thinking, you know, again, it's something we've said over and over, but you know, you gotta, you do have to credit the back line, the patched together back line, including now with Coleman and DJ Taylor. I thought throughout most of the first half, they played well. Um, Tyler Miller made some several, he had to make several saves, especially leading into going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of those he was standing on his head per se. I right. know he came off his line a little bit to make that first save. I think that was in the first four, even before um, Hanu's goal, I think he had to come off his line and, and make it make a diving block, diving save, whatever, however you want to call it there. I mean, I think, I think this is a game where, you know, I, it was a, the whole team was playing well in that first half and to be up one nil, mm-hmm. I think you're happy with that. I think, yeah, the only thing you'd say is given the quality of chances Minnesota had leading up to halftime, you maybe would have, if you, if you want to get greedy, you could have asked for another Minnesota goal. And then Colorado playing well as well, especially late in the first half. Um, fortunately, Tyler Miller was up to it, and as well as the back line. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a good first half, guys. Going into the halftime, uh, up one nil was uh, was fantastic. Um, yep. And uh, it, lots of, I mean, I'll say this: I was very, very, very happy. I was very like, hey, kind of shocked that we're up one nil going into half. Uh, I was like, hey, this game is ours for the taking. It really is. I mean, we're beating a Colorado team here at half, 1-0. Um, it's still anybody's game, but we look good. I mean, we look good doing it. I mean, everybody's I working. I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they looked like they, they had at least 50-50 possession the entire time mm-hmm. uh, when they weren't uh, dominating at least. And mm-hmm. so it was it was a great first half. I thought, uh, I thought they had it under control. Well, that – kind of changed a little bit going to the second half guys, because the big play of the second half was the, uh, the red card yep. on Colorado, uh, Danny Wilson. And that was because uh, it was Adrian, a was a new had a breakaway. Yes, it was uh, had a just, breakaway. A, just a breakaway um, behind the defense of a wonderful ball played through by Reynoso to, yep. uh, it was great. It's great ball. Yeah. To uh, and Anu was clean and on goal. Danny Wilson mm-hmm. grabs him, trips him from behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other thing to do there but give give Danny Wilson a red. There's no, no you. No. There's no question about it. He. So I don't know why the ref is going to VAR after that. But they spent Connor. They the spent thing, way too much time. They spent way they, too much time on it. Oh yeah. The, wait, here, here, they did. Uh, here's why I didn't. You know, at the time I didn't realize they took you know several minutes to look at it. But they, I think the reason is when I first saw it in real time, I think it was basically due. I think there could have been the question was, did their legs get tangled up incidentally? Now on review, they did not. And I think the other thing was that um, Wilson Dan, Wilson got just enough. He was grabbing as well. He was yeah. grabbing for his back, and it wasn't a blatant pull down with his hand. But between his between the, his legs and that, that grabbing of the jersey, it was it was clear that it was a red card. But I think if you're watching it in real time, and I think the ref had a pretty good view of it, but wanted to see it again, I think there was enough of a question. But the good thing is, came back, made the right decision at the time. And you you grab a jersey, I, you grab a jersey, you grab a jersey, and it pulls away from a guy on a breakaway. That's going to be a red card. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, and I, every no. time, every and, time. 
I don't think anybody's arguing. It's the kind of call that if you watched uh, last week's uh, U.S. men's national team against um, Jamaica, there was a couple of calls. There was one almost I, even more blatant than that early in the, in, I think, in the first minute of the game, basically 20. It was a, all of a minute a foul just like that. That was called on and on Panama and uh, Jamaica. Sorry, didn't want to bring up the Panama game. Jamaica, that uh, the, the referee, it was his first U- World Cup qualifying match. And you could tell he was just nervous. And uh, but yeah, so, you know, credit where credit's due. They went to VAR and made the right call. So, well, again, although uh, I, di- I didn't realize, you know, Danny Wilson, he is. Yeah, he, he had to make that. I mean, I didn't see it. He didn't have to, but it was probably a good decision for him to make. Uh, that, sure it was to take that foul yeah, there. I just yeah. didn't realize it was it was a hell of a good decision, quite frankly. You know, because well, you, you can't you can't do what he did and right. not expect to get a red card out of it. And guess what? I'm going to say this, guys, and people won't believe me when I say it. But if the if the tables were turned and it was uh, a Minnesota player doing it to a Colorado player, I'd still say it was a red card. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's just the way it works. Yeah, yeah. and I don't I think. I yeah. mean, you saw you have to, you have, to, I mean, Colorado has to kind of dispute it a little bit, but I don't think, I don't think they're sitting at home thinking what, the, you know, what the heck, especially now, but I mean, I don't think there was a lot of fight at the time. I don't think they had a oh. lot to, it's not, lot like to argue. Re- it's not like Reynoso's red card where, you know, it's a blatantly like, you know, it's a, it's a foul, but not a red card type thing. It's a, it's blatantly not a red card. The referee made a mistake. This is a clear and obvious foul, a uh, clear and obvious red card. Uh, there's, I mean, like you say, Dave, Colorado would probably, will probably fight it a little bit, but it's, it's obvious. There's oh, no I mean, way. for the, actually, yeah. yeah. And for, to the, for the record, uh, let me just say, I didn't mean, I don't think they will fight it. I think at the, in the heat of the moment, they probably came up barking a little bit and saying, oh no, our right. feet got tangled. I do not think like, like Minnesota this past week, you know, they went and contested Reynoso's red card. I do not think that's going to happen for Colorado. I do not think Colorado is going to protest this red card no. because if they did, they could, he could very much mm-hmm. another game suspension could be added on because mm-hmm. they could call it a frivolous complaint and which I think that would be. And I think Colorado mm-hmm. knows that. So, so point is guys, we're up a man, right? And we know how we do when we're up a man, Connor. How do we do when we're up one man in it's, soccer? Well, when we're up a man, uh, we should have the edge. Oh. But well, I can tell you, I can tell you, I'll tell you, they, they've done not as well as they should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, this has come up this year. This was the third time they played uh, with a man advantage, specifically 11 on 10. Mm-hmm. They did that in a game against San Jose and a game against Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I've, I've said it before. It's our kryptonite. Yeah. Be- because Playing in those games, man squad. And I think I, I'd have to go back looking at the schedule, but I'm almost certain I was in um, China for at least SKC, but I, again, I'd have to look at the schedule, but bottom line, they got uh, in those games, they were only able to manage a point in both. So they got, you know, in two games up, up a man, they got two points out of those games. So they were not able to get a win or secure anything like that. And I will say I'm probably still, a, you know, as far as hardcore soccer fan and supporter, I'm still maybe a rookie, although now I've got quite a few years into it. But uh, I used to think when I first started getting in, really getting into soccer, you know, years ago now, years and years ago, I used to think that if you went down, if you went up a man or if, let's say if, if you went in Colorado's perspective, I used to think 
okay, if you go down a man, that's like playing five on four basketball. It's a death sentence. Well, that's not true in the sense that you can still have an organized defense. Um, in this case, though, Colorado was down a goal. So, yeah. I mean, it, you can see, but what it does, you're, it's still not a dense death sentence in the sense that they can put it, they can still put attacks together being down a man. The problem, the problem you get then, or you theoretically should have is on transition when you're, you're pressing and you need to get back for defense. You have one less guy to be back there or get back. And uh, so it's not exactly a death sentence, but you would have, you would expect Minnesota, you know, to have done better against San Jose and sporting Kansas city. And here in this case, up a goal, with only what 25 minutes maybe maybe 30 to or, 30, yeah, 35 no, been, it happened yeah. in the 57th minute so it was yeah. uh, about 35 minutes 30 minutes yeah yeah the 73rd minute or the 70th minute yeah but so mm -hmm. whatever 20 25 minutes half hour whatever it is minnesota being up a goal you would expect nothing less but them for them to be able to close out this game even if they came in and parked busted which we know we don't love them we don't love seeing that but at that point up a goal up by a man you, you expect nothing less than uh, a win here. Well, For sure. You're expecting should. an insurance goal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Insurance yeah. goal or or just defend defend the shit out of it and get away with a 1-0 win. That's that's the way you do it, right? Well, that, that never works out well for Minnesota. You well, know, but uh, but <clears throat> yeah. crazy thing is, guys, right after this happened, uh, Colorado went to their bench and put in four new players. Like right away, went there, and our old nemesis Barrios came in. Yep, the guy who I do not, I don't like him. I don't he's like him. Our, he's he's been our Myth. nemesis when he played for FC Dallas, and now for now for Colorado. Thorn in our side, thorn in our yep. side. Let me tell you, <clears throat> if uh, anybody's old enough to remember the 1991 Minnesota Twins uh, World Series against Atlanta, he reminds me of Mark Lemke. Mark Lemke was a second mm. baseman for Atlanta, and he was just the, the pest. He was a pest, always doing the little dirty stuff. Not, not dirty in terms of, like, illegal, but, like, he was just always there, like, lurking. And Barrios is the same type of guy. And so... Speaking of Barrios. We do that, yes. Uh, and uh, another crazy thing, guys, right after their subs... Uh, we sub out Adrian Anu for Juan Aguadillo. Yeah. And what did I say in my text, guys? Does 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 Anu have something in his contract that says he can't play past the 70th minute? Well, I mean, you, you know, now you, you you start to think that maybe he does. And only because, okay, so you'd say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put you guys in the spot, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't played a full 90 since he's no, been here. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Um, whether, whether he started or when he first got here, he would come on kind of late either 60 70th mm -hmm. minute and, play, and finish out the game or he'd be he'd come out you know in the 60th minute yeah so he hasn't played 90 but by now you kind of expect especially with the you know the breaks and everything you would think he'd be up to full fitness by now and ha have the ability to play the full 90 um it's you know well, i wonder I, if it's even about fitness no it, no. it must that's that's i guess that's my point connor i don't think i don't think it was at that point I think Agadello is going to be maybe I, at least Heath might think that he's, you know, more of a physical player that could go both ways, defend, you know, up top when needed. I, that's just my guess or into his well, thinking. 
If, if you're looking for more of a closer uh, forward, I personally would have put Adi on there um, yeah. uh, rather than Agudelo. Um, I do agree with the do agree with the subbing out a new for another striker, um, not for another defender. I think that's uh, I think that was a good move by Adrian Heath. Uh, I would have I would have put in a D, um, and or I wouldn't have uh, brought a new out at all um, if it were my decision because he's yeah he's having a decent game. Um, he is. He's he's got a goal and he's uh, he's attacking. He's there with the with the front four. He's, uh, I mean, it's not his best game, but he's having a decent game. So I he, wouldn't I, have taken him out. I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Connor. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course his goal, but I mean, after his goal, he had, le- you had mentioned one of his near misses and I think he, or uh, Tony as well, but I think he, you know, going into the, going into it, I, you know, I think he had a couple near misses. So yeah, I, I agree. I think he's kind of a player that you get the ball in the right spot and, and he can make it you know, make it happen. So I, I did really question that. I was kind of surprised when I came back and saw that, but I so. think, I think the deal is guys, before we go move on here. The deal is, I think he's got Cinderella complex after the 70th minute. I think he turns into Alexi Gomez. Oh, and that's man. true. Wouldn't true. that be something? I think it's true. Yeah. Well, and maybe, maybe he was thinking exactly that. Maybe he didn't want a situation where, okay, you're up a goal, you know, great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, he didn't maybe, take... Sorry, I'm just saying maybe, maybe he was doing it for his, his own psyche, you know, who knew psyche is like, if he, if he had some clear cut opportunities and was to miss, mm-hmm. it might take any positive, you know, yeah. out of, you know, his early goal. I, you know, when he all, did score, all speculative, but when he did score his early goal, he did take the shot with his left foot. Yeah. See, yeah. told you, told you. Yeah. Uh, so guys, uh, <laughs> We get the bad play here in the what, 70th minute. Yeah. The play close. with uh, Tyler Miller in the box and the foul on the, was it, was it, he foul Barrios? I believe it was, it was Michael Barrios. Yeah, 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 it was Barrios. Once the thorn yeah. on the side. Once so again, it's guys. Shame. Like, we, are we going to sit here and argue? I mean, it was a clear, clear foul. It's, it's unfortunate because you, it, you talk about intentions, or at least this is like to, I you look at intentions I think there was in my opinion there was no doubt that you know he he kind of was diving for the ball yeah but Barrios Barrios was able to play that ball with with the touch and then so all that was left for for Tyler Miller to grab at was literally Mm -hmm. feet that's he got Mark Barrios's feet you can't argue that it was Mm -hmm. actually surprising that it wasn't called you know a foul immediately you know that one went to VAR Nobody was arguing that one. I don't think I, I haven't been on Twitter, but I, I don't think you could argue that one in no. good faith. So. No. Also, they get Bassett in there for the uh, penalty kick, and guess what? He scores. And a good, a good PK. Yeah, it was mean, a he good took PK. that well. Yeah, was he took PK. that well. He Cole, Bassett, that. Cole Bassett is a young talent in mm-hmm. uh, the MLS. Uh, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Now, guys, I think he, even if Miller would have guessed right on that. Yeah, it would have been in a miraculous save because he put that up and out and it was just he took it with a good pace too. So now guys, now guys, it's one to one, which is terrible. Should never be one to one when you're up by a man. So now it's like never hey, lost the lead when you're up by a man. Exactly right. Now you're going, okay, well, we need to score a goal now. And we've already taken out Adrian Danu. So what are we gonna do? Oh. We've got this Adi guy on the bench. 
let's put him in there for Finley and let's try to score some goals with him. Right. I mean, do you think, so that's like Connor, to your point, do you think Adi should have been in there earlier, you know, instead think, of maybe, I mean, like I say, I think Adi should have been in, been the sub for a new, if, yeah. uh, if you sub a new at all, mm-hmm. um, after you sub in, uh, the one forward, I don't think you make a sub for another forward. Well, I think yeah, you I mean, and- make it more for the, for the defense. I think you try to bulk up your defense a little bit. Yeah. And then this is, so for me, I wonder this one, I don't know if it's puzzling. I don't know. I wasn't on the pitch, but I just wonder if this was a fresh legs thing was, was Finley getting gassed Um, Finley let's, you know, credit where credit's due. Finley had a pretty good game. He probably should have had a goal in this game as well. Um, But I I just wonder if that was more of a legs, fresh legs kind of, I don't don't know how you, how else would you explain it? This was a, this was a total, we need to score now because we're tied up one to one. Yeah. We need an actual striker up top. Somebody who can score a goal. Well, well you have Agadella. Three points at home. Yeah. And well, Agadella's not, I'm sorry. Adi's got some history. You know, at least he has scored goals in MLS, right? Yeah. This is what that is. This is a correction for the Agadello sub for Anu because we're now we're down by a goal or not. I mean, now we're tied up, you know? Um, this is Heath making moves on the fly because now he's screwed up. I mean, not screwed up, but he's confused about what the heck's going on, you know? Yep. Um, unfortunately, guys, after that penalty kick, things go from bad to worse. I mean, really bad to worse. I mean, it, this is... It, it, it's beyond me. I, it's frustrating to talk about no. the last last fifteen minutes of this damn game. It, it well, just and is. let's let's do that. And even I mean, we're doing some terrible foreshadowing here, but uh, or really good foreshadowing maybe. But uh, everybody, they, knows they, another, everybody knows. Everybody yeah, knows. Everybody knows. Of course they do. Of course they do. But just a few minutes after a, a D comes on for Finley, they bring Nico Hansen in for mm-hmm. Frank Apane. Now that I have to believe is tired legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not tire legs, then just explain that one to me now. That's tire uh, legs. Bring... It's the it's a hundred percent tire leg. It's the it only explanation yeah. because Fragapane was having a really decent game. Right. There's right. no other reason why you bring him off the field, and no, let alone right. for yep. Nico Hansen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing too. It's it's at this point, you're not trying that's to more of a that's more of a one for one sub, yeah. anyways. But... You're, right. gra- you're grasping at straws at this point. You're just trying to get a spark now. You're just trying to like. <clears throat> ignite this team to score another goal to put us back in the lead. And, and, and I, I, yeah. And sorry, Tony, I, but I will say that uh, there, it's not like there wasn't any spark. I mean, there were some late attempts, you know, from yeah. Minnesota, there were some late shots on goal. And so I'm not saying it's a directly a, a result of the substitutions or not. I think it was more, you know, them being able to, to kind of lead the attack and pressure with the man advantage. And, and Minnesota clearly had opportunities at that part of the game, even after Colorado had tied it up. Granted, you could really, you know, just watch, just listening to the audio or rewatching the, the broadcast, you could just tell the, the energy was sucked out of Allianz field. It was really a disheartening goal when they tied it up, you know, where everybody in that Allianz field, they were looking for an insurance goal. They were looking to make it two nil and expecting that as they should. 
And then when that, when they tied it up, but credit to Minnesota, if we're looking at it, credit to Minnesota, they didn't quit once Colorado tied it up. Minnesota still had opportunities, good opportunities, I think. Yep. But but Dave, credit to to Minnesota, but uh, the 84th minute, uh, what happened? I mean, this, this, and this is, you know, we've, we've danced around it long enough. Okay. It was Michael Berrios scoring the goal, go ahead goal for Colorado. But this is what I'm talking about though. This is what I was kind of doing, trying to foreshadow earlier when you're up a man, whether the score is tied or you're up a goal, especially you should have the advantage in the pressing in the attack. And with that extra man, the ability to get back and defend where Colorado doesn't have that advantage of the transition should be slow. But unfortunately, Colorado, Mark Barrio scores, and it was directly a result of, a, in my opinion, a slow transition, a slow transition back to defend when they were Minnesota was up, you know, attacking and they just didn't get back in this case, especially the back line. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I guess I'm going to, you know, it was like, I think the, I think the announcers have been a little too kind. I think uh, Brent Coleman really, really kind of uh, let the team down just too slow, too slow transitioning back. Yeah, it was kind of a giveaway in midfield, but that back line needs to be better. They need to get back and defend, especially when you're up a man. And then DJ Taylor as well, just didn't get back on defense and you're up a man. Yep. There's no excuse for this. I just don't, it, it's really hard to comprehend. It was tough to see, you know, uh, Tyler Miller, you know, give up that penalty kick to Bassett or on Barrios, but that was, I, I can see it was a mistake, but I can see his intention. So that, that just happened. That sucked. But this goal, in my opinion, never should have happened. This is the one, this is the goal that never should have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think if this goal doesn't happen, you know, again, even after this, there's still chances for Minnesota to come back and with a late winner, but this was the, this was the gut punch. I mean, okay. But you know what I mean? It was just, I, I think it was just, I've said enough, Connor, any, any, any thoughts on this particular goal? I'm just and this off. goal is just a complete breakdown in the defense. Um, this this is where I think um, uh, I think I decided that I was going to go on the Heath out train hmm. because um, <clears throat> you saw. I mean, you, first of all, you've seen Minnesota give up a one nil lead, and now you're at two. Now you're down two one to a ten man uh, Colorado team who should never have had a chance after that red card. But the thing is, when that red card was given, the entire game the entire game plan changed. And, uh, <clears throat> that's, uh, to me, that's a coaching decision. It's not, it's, I mean, it's partially a bad job by the back line, which you obviously saw a breakdown in the defense for that second goal. So you could put the blame on that. Uh, but I think to me that those entire last 30 minutes were, is on Adrian Heath for changing up the game plan. Um, for that particular goal, there's just no, you, you see, you've seen, we've seen it many times, uh, over the season, with uh, with Minnesota United is that there has been no sense of urgency uh, with either attacking or getting back to defend. <clears throat> and it's just, uh, it's just more of the same. Yeah. And there's no yeah. effort whatsoever for DJ Taylor to mark Michael Barrios or to close down the cross. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's horrible, horrible. defense. Yeah. It, it really is. And I, you know, I was crediting the, back line of Minnesota in this game in the first half and, and credit where credits do they, they played well, but I mean, yeah. here, like you said, up a man, like this is, you know, you're up a man, you need to shut it down at that point on. And it just seemed like 
the effort just went out the window yeah. from that point on. That's why I was like, Danny Wilson really knew what he's doing, not only to take down a yeah. new and a clear goal scoring opportunity, but apparently that was the moment in this game that really lit a fire under Colorado. To you, say, think hey, Danny Wilson, gonna... you think Danny Wilson can see the future? Yeah, you know, maybe he can. I mean, yeah. that's basically <laughs> what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. But, you know, what happened, you know, I and again, I said that Minnesota, after that red card, Minnesota had their chances. Unfortunately, didn't, you know, they didn't finish any of them. But, yeah, bottom line was, look, Colorado. There was – Colorado had the effort of getting back on defense to defend Minnesota's chances. Colorado had the effort down a man to press forward and get those opportunities, yeah. you know, where it should have been Minnesota with that effort. But Minnesota, for it whatever reason, for whatever reason, once that red card occurred, it looked, it felt like Minnesota from the midfield back to the defenders kind of lost their effort. They almost – it almost like – it's almost like once that red card happened, they kind of took it for granted. They said, yeah, okay, 100%. we're up a goal. We're going to close this thing down, no problem. And you could visibly see their effort take a, a significant drop-off from that point on. And the thing is, like, you know, they were the ones playing with 10 men, and they were – you saw them attack – but you saw them attacking. And where the hell are our guys when it comes to when it comes to defending? You maybe saw two guys defending in, back in our area whenever they were attacking on the, on the fly, whenever they scored their goals – uh, especially on the third goal, which we'll get to in a second here. The, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, and I want to focus that this is the goal. The second goal was a killer. And I, and this is where you can maybe, if you're looking for, you can grasp at straws and say that, okay, well, if you had a veteran like Michael Boxel out there in central defense, maybe this never happens. But, you know, maybe yeah. whatever. I mean, in the Coleman and Taylor have stepped up in the past and they should have stepped up here. But, I mean, I think it's the, they just, they, their effort just left. Just went down the drain. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the killer. And I mean, yeah, it, it, there's 84th minute, you know, is there still time left to now at this point, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, can we at least salvage a point at home? Nope. And it's over. It's they over had, again, they had their chances though. It wasn't oh, exactly over, but yeah, I mean, it was for it more was, or less. But, it was, but it might've been, I, you know what, honestly, while you were gone, Tony, I think our point was, I think for some, what, what, for whatever reason it was over once that red card occurred, because they're just the attitudes and mindset of the teams just demoralizing flew away. Demoralizing. Yeah. And you can see it on the final goal that uh, Colorado scored here in the 90, Plus three minute, ninety third yeah. minute. Well, this, this is a laugher. I mean, yeah. this is a laugher. Clearly, clearly, um, I literally, I'm laughing as I'm trying to say it. But I mean, Tyler Miller nearly got out to midway, mm-hmm. the midfield mm-hmm. line, and he was I, way out of his line. But yeah. you know, at this point, what I mean, nothing you can do. Hilarious that he's that far out of his line. Clearly, a bad, bad decision by Tyler Miller at that point. Um, that's why I said the first goal, you know, where he, he, his, his, uh, card, I, I mean, the PK, I, I intention, I don't think his intentions were bad. I, and it, it was a mistake and it just happened, but this was clearly Tyler Miller, a Tyler Miller error and directly resulted to the goal when he got that far outside yeah. the line. But, See, but then again, at this point, it's, de- it's pure desperation. The only reason he's doing that is to try and, and get the ball forward as quick as he can. You're already down a goal. You, you're looking for a result. Not, you know, if you lose this game three to one, what's the difference if you lose it two to one? You need your desperation mode. You're trying to get that equalizer. 
Yeah. So I, well, that, it's laughable and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to sit here and say Tyler Miller should be on the bench, you know, no, wait absolutely for... not. And actually I, I think that uh, because of the situation that we were in, I'm not blaming Tyler, Tyler Miller one bit. Nope. I think that Tyler Miller was, is it was in the exact place he needed to be up the field because yep. just in case uh, the ball did come back to yeah. uh, their own, the own half, Tyler Miller was right there to, uh, to field mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if he's all the way back in the net and Dallas all of a sudden come on an attack, mm-hmm. boom, they're, they're wasting another minute of extra time. And uh, so I think Tyler Miller is exactly where he needs to be. Uh, it's just an unfortunate circumstance of that FC Dallas or sorry, FC Dallas, uh, Colorado could get to the ball first. And again, it's Michael Barrios with the, who gets there first, mm-hmm. gets the assist on the goal. Yep. And <clears throat> so it's just, it, it's just very unfortunate for Tyler Miller for sure, but I'm not blaming him one bit. I think he was no. right where he needed to be. It's, it's the equivalent of NHL pulling the goalie really. I mean, yeah. it's the equivalent of that in soccer, uh, getting your goalie up that far. Um, guys, three to one loss to Colorado when we had this game almost in hand is, is frustrating. I'm not mad. I'm more disappointed in, in what happened and what occurred in the final, uh, 20, 15, 20 minutes of this game. Um, we, we heard Cal talk yesterday at the end of this game about how, well, you know, that's, it's pretty much it for, for the loons making it to the fourth seed and getting a home playoff spot. And he's right. And I also yeah. want to say Cal should have been talking about, well, uh, we, we should be wondering if we, this team even makes the playoffs. I mean, this was yeah. a game. Oh. This was a game guys that could have set the tone for us of the year. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Beat Colorado it's- at home and you move on and you, you do some great things in the next couple of games and you make the playoffs and you make, make a nice run. This is the type of game that you lose where it, 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 it really can be debilitating for this team moving forward. It can be. Yeah, I agree. I agree because there's what? There's, there's uh, uh, six games left. Um, yeah. Do I get that right? Yeah, Something like that? That's right. Uh, yeah. Or is there even less than that? Six games left. But the point is, I think the thing I almost wish now, here's the thing. Minnesota is still this game this week, this weekend basically didn't change anything for Minnesota. They're still in the seventh position like they were going into this game. Here's the problem with that, though. Um, You've got a limited number of home games left now. Now you've got less than a handful, uh, literally. And my problem is I almost kind of wish Vancouver had won. I think where they're playing Seattle, they had a tough game, I believe even in Seattle, but I almost wish Vancouver had won that game leading up to Minnesota's game. Uh, If that would have happened, it would have actually pushed Minnesota out of playoff contention as it is. They're only one point ahead of Vancouver, but if Vancouver would have won, it would have put Minnesota into eighth heading into this game. And I mean, maybe you would have seen a little more sense of urgency late in that second half up a goal by Minnesota. But exactly. I, I almost felt that, and again, Tony, you were gone, but I, it, that's where I get back to. I think Minnesota kind of, once they got up a goal, had a, a man advantage. I think they just, the effort went out the window. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. maybe, maybe it would have been different if you were sitting there in eighth place instead of seventh place. And here, the problem is, guys, we're running out of home games left. And we already know that the, the you know, the road schedule, especially decision day, which it's looking more and more likely that if, if Minnesota is lucky, it might very well come down to decision day. 
you know, because now it's it's it is very much a question of whether you're going to make the playoffs. And even if you're well, going to be optimistic and say that LAFC is, is done, you still got to there's still going to be somebody sitting on the outside looking in, you know, with eight teams, if not nine or ten that, you know, content, you know, can compete for a playoff spot. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame to give up, give up the points. If you're going to if you're going to have a showing like they did last week in D.C. and uh, Dallas, you need to get these wins at home, and that's just all there's to it. We're gonna back in. Uh, We're gonna back in. We, well, Tony, I mean, that was easy enough to say prior to dropping uh, three points at home. I mean, I'd love for them to back in, but I mean, it's very much up in the air. Well, hold on, because we we can't leave it. We can't afford to leave it to, to decision day because on decision day we're playing in the LA, in uh, LA Galaxy. Yeah, we can't. Well, you're right. You're LA right. Galaxy I mean, will. LA Galaxy will have the advantage. We'll have the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. We've never won in LA. We've never even beaten LA until this year. Might not matter. Um, though. Might not matter, Connor. What I'm saying, it might I'm, not matter. What I'm saying is, uh, we're gonna fall in. We're gonna come decision day, and it's gonna end up like, oh shit, this doesn't matter. Or a team below us is gonna shit the bed and uh, not win, and, and it, we're going to back in. I'm it, telling you. it would, it, And it would be nice. I mean, let's hope we back in, because let's say the playoffs started today. I mean, it would be Minnesota would be the seventh seed going on the road to Kansas City. We know Minnesota can win playoff games in Kansas City, no problem. So they, they'd advance. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, that, that was one time. Well, that we've already proven time. we win. We win. We, we, we've never lost a playoff game in Sporting Kansas City. Right. I'm just going to say that. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I don't see that changing. We got, but anyways, gotta, things are going to change between now and then. Anyways. We got to move on to other stuff. I mean, before we move on to other stuff, but one well, thing we should mention before we take a break here, guys, is the fact that after this game, the Heath out crowd came just barreling out of the social media uh, about Heath. And I don't disagree with them at all after this game. Um, well, that's another thing. Another thing you missed, Connor. Actually, he could actually pinpoint a moment in this match where he joined the Heath out crowd. I yep. think Connor. Yeah. It was, well, it was uh, the second goal. It yes. Was the, yeah. Well, yeah, it was exactly the- right. And you, Connor, you're you're totally right. The the tactics after being at, when being a man up were ridiculous. And um, my deal is this: if they don't make the playoffs, he's got to be out. Yeah. If they back into the playoffs. And they lose the first game of the playoffs, he's out. I don't care yeah. if they back in. I don't give a shit. I, I don't give a shit if they yeah. make it the playoffs. Even if they get in the fifth place or sixth place or seventh place and they, they win some games and but they lose that first game of the playoffs, he's got to be out. Now, if he makes a run in the playoffs, or if he magically we make it into a home game, playoff game, we win that one, then he can still be in. But I'm telling you guys, this team has to move forward. These are his players. These are the players he won on this on this pitch, and he hasn't made it work. Have there been some hurdles and roadblocks in the way? Absolutely. There's been injuries, international call-ups, things of that nature. But a good manager deals with that shit and makes his team better. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think if there's any people still left on the Heath bandwagon. I, I'm very, very much on the fence uh, for the record when it comes to that. I mean, I, you can talk tactics all you want. 
Um, Apparently now he hates Adrian Heath. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he's getting into the conversation too. That's great. But what my point is, you know, tactics is one thing. And then I think mindset is another. I mean, I I just don't think this team, Heath had this team, you know, he wasn't barking the right words or whatever, speaking of barking, he he, he just did not have this team in the right mindset. I mean, players got to play. I said that, but I say, I say that almost in jest because there, there was something, there was something lacking from that, this team, you know, the entire second half, especially after the red card. And, and I don't know, it just, to give up those goals was just, I'm still, I'm still just so frustrated. You can probably hear my voice, but I, I I do, I do think, I do agree with you, Tony, that, I mean, something, I think we have to see results because the bottom line and every, I'm pretty sure everybody would agree that's listening to this podcast anyways, is everybody would agree that this team is too talented uh, Mm -hmm. to be with to be you sitting where they're at right now, you know, Definitely. I, and so my, here's the question I was thinking about um, recently. So obviously this season has been a bit of a roller coaster. They've had a tremendous winning unbeaten streak right in the middle of the, right in the heart of the season, which is wonderful. Obviously though, I think you can come down to two points now, in my opinion, either what's more disappointing, the Owen four start, which I mean, that was incredibly rough or honestly right now, coming down the stretch in the last two weeks where uh, they went on, they went on the road and lost, lost against DC. They only managed a point against, you know, bottom dwellers, Dallas, and then come home only to lose up a man. I mean, this little two week stretch we're in right now, what's most disappointing because obviously it's the beginning of the season and in the stretch run. In your I would opinion. still, I would still say it's the first four. That's uh, that, yeah. that's more disappointing because if you look at where we are now, we're still above the playoff line, which is at least something. Uh, but after those first four, you're zero, zero and four. Uh, you've got, uh, you're down at the bottom of the West. Um, that's 2017 Minnesota United. They even worse than 2017 Minnesota United, mm. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's just that, that start was, what set the well, it was the catalyst that set the disappointment off, I think, yeah. uh, for the season. Well, it's interesting, yeah. I, so, you're probably right, Connor. I think yeah. after listening to that's a you put it very well, and I think I have to agree with you because of the way you put it. Because let's just say, okay, four games, let's say you managed seven points in, in four games, and that maybe that's too optimistic, but let's say they did now. If, if they had seven more points, you'd be sitting on 45 points. Just yeah. outside of the home playoff games. So, I yeah. mean, those four points really, really set you back. So, yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it should have been expected of us to get six uh, in those first mm-hmm. four. Because you could you, we can beat Salt Lake at home. We can beat Austin at home. Uh, Seattle, Seattle away, it's really hard to win there. So, I, I would have expected a loss there, I think. Uh, and then Colorado is surprisingly good this year which back that back at the beginning of the season, we didn't know that. No. So um, knowing what I know now, I think we could have lost at Colorado like, like we did, but I think we could have gotten six points out of that. And right now we'd be in fifth because yep. of that. Correct. Then you take into account the, the robbed win at Vancouver as well. Mm. Um, two more points. You're 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 at 46, and you're tied with Portland for fourth. Well, we can play the whole what should have happened game when we do our after the season look back at what's going on. But guys, really, the thing is, we've only got six games ahead of us. We need points. 
points, 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 points moving forward here. And um, I just, I don't see it. I just, I just don't. I just, I'm, 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 I'm down now. Um, That's a tough, I mean, it's a tough schedule. Like I, I don't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could argue that the easiest game that they had on the, I mean, on, for the rest of the schedule is this upcoming Saturday against Austin, but that's in Texas as we yeah. touched on. Get it. Um, so. Let's take a quick break guys and come back. Uh, we'll talk some Minnesota soccer history. And uh, maybe a funny story. So we'll be back here in just one minute. And we're back. Had a little break. Got some water, some stuff. Uh, football. Baseball stuff. Um, let's talk some Minnesota soccer history, Connor. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, as I was saying to you guys before the show, this is kind of a limbo time for uh, Minnesota soccer history because uh, we're right in the middle of uh, the offseason between uh, the summer and the winter. So the strikers play indoor soccer in the winter. They don't, they don't usually start their season until November. And then you've got the summers, uh, which most of the summer history uh, ends at the end of September. So um but luckily you still have some uh pretty much all united in stars with one random thunder fact in there uh so we'll start we last recorded on the third we're going to go with october 4th where i do only have one fat one uh oh wait did i do this one last time i don't know uh, october 4th 2014 united win at the atlanta silverbacks one no i don't think you did i don't think you did either but quite frankly you know doesn't hurt to rehash. At least they won. So. Yeah. Uh, October 5th, 2016, United draw at the Tampa Bay Rowdies, 2-0, uh, 2-2. Nice. Uh, and, uh, oh, man. Um, we're going to go with uh, October 6th, 2000, 2010. When the Stars drew leg one of the USSF Division II Pro League quarterfinal playoffs, nil-nil against the Carolina Railhawks. Mm, yeah. Nice. No, no. The Railhawks again. The old Railhawks. Yep. Uh, the one Thunder fact, October 7, uh, 1999. Oh. The Thunder win leg two of the USL A-League Western Conference Finals at the San Diego Flash, 2-1, and then they went on aggregate 4-2. So they advanced to the Soccer Bowl. Soccer Bowl. Yeah. Let's let's rip off the Super Bowl and call it's, it the Soccer Bowl. It's, it's, so yep. what, what, was that 99 that you said, Connor? 1999, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just wonder, I mean, I was not, a, a, I mean, I, the first minute I was not a massive soccer fan back in 99. It was hardly even on my radar, but let's just say I was. A game like that, would you even catch that on TV? Uh, I probably not. I, I obviously, you guys don't well, off the top of your head, but now, on, in 1999, what, what was on TV at the time? You know, how many channels were there? Well, yeah. and the other thing too well, is, they're, they're, I think they now when cable television channel, was a thing back in. I mean, Connor, yeah, I know we're just much older than you, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I I don't think the that uh, United got really on TV until Channel 45 started picking them up. 
a couple years before they came into the MLS. I mean, yeah. 45 was like the channel. And they, and I remember channel, seeing them on TV. Uh, yeah, they go back, the but they go back. But I mean, I don't think you'd see every game. I, yeah. No. Yeah. No. And, and nowadays, that's why I bring it up because nowadays, I don't, you can almost catch any level of soccer mm-hmm. in some, some kind of streaming format. You know, you can watch the, the Crows, you know, Minneapolis City. On, oh, yeah. you can, at the very least stream it online but that just did not exist back then to say the least so i mean maybe that's as a big of a sport well, i'm a homer a local sports fan so i just wonder like it's a shame that those kind of options didn't exist back then like they do now no because i think yeah. it would have got me into minnesota soccer at a much earlier date for sure yeah definitely yep. <clears throat> um october 8th 2011 uh, the Stars win leg one of the NASL semifinal playoffs, 1-0 against who else but the Carolina Railhawks. Ooh, the Railhawks again. Railhawks okay. are up here again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, only one fact for October 9th. Uh, the Stars lose leg two of the USSF Division II Pro League quarterfinal playoff, 4-0 against two guys. Who? What? The Carolina Railhawks. What the again. hell? Yeah. Where are the Cleveland? I thought, for, I, did, I thought for sure you wouldn't bring up the Railhawks again. Where are the yeah, Cleveland? Where are the Cleveland Force? Uh, they are in Strikers uh, territory. Oh, there. sorry. So yeah. they they will not be around until Novemberish. Hmm. Um, October tenth. Uh, which, by the way, I was telling you guys, telling Tony over the break, it was uh, my my wife and I's first anniversary yesterday. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. Uh, awesome. October tenth. October 10th, only one fact for, for this day, too. Uh, 2015, United win against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, 2-1. Nice. And uh, today, October 11th, 2014, again, the only fact of the day, uh, United lose at the Indy 11, uh, 2-0. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That's yeah, fun. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I like the, the history is is. It'll obviously get a little quiet, quieter as we get as we go on here into the winter. But uh, yeah, I do love. It always gets me thinking like about those years and those dates and a lot of those dates that you throw out there. You'd be the first to admit, you know, I had no idea this was going on in Minnesota soccer. So it just it's cool mm-hmm. to kind of remind yeah, everybody sure. that Minnesota soccer has been a thing in the state for a long, long time. So yeah. And then yeah, I mean you you do see a couple of other dates that uh, you from most more recent memories like uh, uh, October October seventh, twenty seventeen, United drew against Sporting Kansas City here in Minneapolis. I remember being at that game. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, there were uh, oh um October I think it was uh I think it was fifth uh sorry sixth mm-hmm. uh United played against Seattle on Decision Day uh, mm. in two thousand nineteen. So, actually, um, I was nineteen. I'm trying to think. Nineteen. I think it was. was uh, they already was, clinched. They had already clinched. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who, so that year they were playing for second place because LAFC had already won the supporter oh. shield. Um, <clears throat> but uh, basically, them and Seattle were both playing for second place, and hmm. uh, okay. whoever won would get second place. And Seattle, of course, won because they were at mm-hmm. Seattle. That's right. Um, And that's how Minnesota ended up getting a four seed uh, going into the playoffs. We haven't had it. We had a decision day actually in town. 
I don't think we had. No, have we? We, we were had a... no, we were supposed to last year, but then COVID hit and threw mm-hmm. everything in the in mm-hmm. into a wrench. So mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Threw a stuff. wrench into everything. Threw a wrench into everything. Thank you. Yeah, Dave. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> those guys. No. Before uh, right. before we get out of here, guys, there's one funny story I want to talk about. It has to do with better, de- it, it better it better be really funny to make up for the loss. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't I can't compete with the loss. It's disappointing, but I will say that uh, it has to do with demons. Hmm. Well, it's really interesting. Demons? Yeah. yeah. Demons. Uh, a priest claims Minnesota's, Minnesota's got a few of those, sorry. Yes. Yeah. They do actually. Well, Dave yeah. Way to, way to ruin the story because it's all about <laughs> uh, priest claims demons have figured out how to send menacing text messages guys so text messages demons guys have figured out how to use the phone to send you text messages a priest has claimed that evil demons have now figured out how to send menacing text messages Stephen Rossetti, a licensed psychologist and counselor. He's licensed. Okay, guys? Remember this when you listen to the story. He's a licensed guy. Okay? He's a licensed priest? or He's He's a licensed psychologist. Oh. And counselor. uh, Has said that they do it to torment their victims, their families, and any priests attempting to save them. Uh, He says, we've had three cases in which demons have texted the team and or the family of the possessed person. Oh, I don't believe it. Two of these cases were the most difficult cases we've had so far, and the third involved a pious family with priestly and religious vocations among the children. This sounds like it's written from a certain point of view. There. So all were high-value targets with high-ranking, powerful demons involved. So we're not talking about like low-level demons, guys, like low-level demons, like, you know, whatever. We're talking about like big demons, like super Sorry. high class. Yeah. Balthazar. Or- yeah, exactly right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this suggests it takes considerable spiritual energy to cross over and manipulate such items in the physical world. So it takes a lot of energy to manipulate the cell phones to send these demon texts. Uh this guy performs uh, 20 exorcisms a week in Washington, D.C. Uh, really? Yeah, that's what he says right here. Yeah. Actually, Seems like 20 watts. I don't believe that for a second. What, hey, guys, this is this yeah. is this is news. I, I'm you. one who believes in the spiritual and exorcisms yeah. require a lot of energy. Yeah, it's he uh, he said uh, one message said her tormentors, her torments start now, priest all night. We will make her bleed. That's a text that he got. Uh, another gloated, we're glad she's away from you now. So he's been receiving these text messages. Well, it's, in, I mean, okay. I'm without getting into the details. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, if you, I mean, if, if there's, if that thing, if, if um, demons exist and, and I'm not even going to speculate, but if they do, then, and they can do physical things in this world, which I think a lot of people believe, at least yeah. those people, I mean, I guess, why couldn't you, use a cell phone if you can like move stuff and do whatever but what about the whole idea wouldn't it be easier and i'm not denying or accepting this wouldn't it be easier though as a victim to simply block that particular number exactly our cell phone well maybe it changes numbers 
pain. It might, you know, it might change. Oh, sure, sure. You know what I mean? But he, now this guy claims that uh, demonic interference is nothing new, guys. It's been happening for a while with flickering lights and, and TVs. Dude, my basement lights flicker all the time. Yeah. So you might have you might Actually, have a demon. I've seen that flick not in my house, but a, mm-hmm. a friend's house, the, a flickering bathroom light, and you can't explain it other than who knows what's going on. You can't explain it electrically. That's the thing. Like, yeah, but you never know. Guys, you guys, ever, you guys ever see the show Supernatural? No. Yeah, what is it about? Watch, watch it, you'll learn a lot about the supernatural. Really? Because yeah. it's no. not supernatural. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. This is where the story goes off the rails because this is where I think the guy is actually lying about this. At the end of this article, he says uh, he claimed a man possessed by a demon woke up with beasts, huge claw marks on his back during an exorcism. He said we have one person who woke up in the morning with what looked like claw marks on his back. It looked like a huge beast took their claws and raked across their back. Five claw marks, about two feet long, about two inches wide, and it looked really ugly. Um, those aren't claw marks from beasts, dude. That's uh, you know, you know, what I'm talking about guys. I mean, I'm thinking this guy lied about his beastly claw marks. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think so. I think. Can you explain it just in case I don't get it? Well, there'll be young children listening to this podcast. Um, Mm. So it happens. Okay, now uh, I think I get it. Yeah, you get it. 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 Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I think he uh, he outed himself here with this last comment because seriously, really, I mean, that couldn't have been done by something else, you know. Maybe I feel like they should have uh, included a statement from that person. Well, I would, but, but it's it's not a real person, Connor. The guy just <clears throat> made it up. Well, yeah, it, it probably yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I got these marks on my back from a beast that I met at the bar. <laughs> oh, I don't say that. Uh, Walk out to the bar. You want to see my scar? Yeah, let's see my scars. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So yeah, guys, um, demons can infest your. Uh, your cell phone uh, to send you bad messages. Mm. Actually, Dave, do you have a message right now? Um, not yet, but I do get some weird messages. Yes, oh, from time to time. I got one. It says, uh, "Oh, what's your Wi-Fi password?" Oh, it does. Uh, oh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, technically, they can infest anything, guys. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know. It, I don't know why people leave this shit. To tell you the truth, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I believe that there's stuff out there. Just like, I mean, you can't interpret any of it. Like, no, I don't you know. can't. You can't. Yeah. But seriously, we're talking about cell phones now. Have you seen yeah, the movie? Have you that seen? Is the, a little out. Have you seen the movie Constantine with the the great actor Keanu Reeves? Long time ago. Yeah. Long yeah. Time. Good movie. I like that yeah. one. Good movie, right? Yeah. And uh, to tell you the truth, you know, it does some crazy shit in that. Did they come over with the cell phones in that movie, though, guys? No, no, there was nothing like that. No. Mm-hmm. So, uh, guys, anything else you want to uh, talk about before we get out of here? Uh, well, hopefully, I'll still be with you guys, or maybe I won't. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know. With, uh, I, for the next show. For the next I don't show. Know. Connor. Oops. Baby's going to come out. I mean, the baby's probably pissed off right now about uh, the loons. Yeah. But he's very pissed off. He wants to come out and better them. Fighting to come out. Like, yeah. get out of here. Loons suck. He's been Terrible. doing a lot. And uh, like, it's literally like almost the movie Alien uh, in oh, yeah. Laura's, Laura's belly. You can see it moving. Like, well, his, it's insane. Will his first words be Heath out? Yes. Russian. Russian. 100%. Yeah. yeah, but he might have uh, to. I mean, he might not have to say it though. By the time he can talk, Keith might already be out. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, guys, before we get out of here, um, they did make mention on the broadcast that Adrian Heath will be the. And we didn't talk about this, guys. That's right. The all star. Yeah. The all star game is here next year, uh, which was a. I mean, it was a secret sort of. We are kind of. We already kind of knew it was going to happen. I mean, Don Garber coming to town. I mean. Yeah. Why would he come to town? Then, Otherwise, yeah. Let alone that Andy Greeter posts on Twitter saying, "Hey, we think it's yeah. for the MLS All Star Game," yeah. and usually yeah. Andy Greeter is pretty reliable. Yeah, so. exactly right. Yeah. So well, nice to see. They announced during the uh, before the broadcast, guys, that uh, uh, Adrian Heath will be the coach of uh, of an all of the one of the All Star teams next year, uh, which is weird because he might not be here next year. That, that's the only weird thing. I mean, I don't think it was a surprise that they announced him to, as the coach, of course, but uh, it is a, it is a funny point when everybody's mm-hmm. jumping on the Heath out bandwagon, you know, just after they made that announcement, that's kind of funny. But it's like, it's, it's before we get out of here, guys, I want to say this. I don't understand why you announce Heath could be one of the coaches when in most well, other, he sport- was going to, we knew he was going to be, the that, that was no but, surprise, but in most, in Minnesota, but in most other sports, Dave, it doesn't matter if the game is in St. Louis or New York or Milwaukee. It's always I thought about always that. the best. It's always the best it's always coach like or an manager coach, yeah. from the previous year. It always I thought is. About that. Didn't, didn't they? And I, I don't. Let's not go down a rabbit hole here. But didn't they? Um, didn't they used to do like like say? Uh, let's pick a sport NFL for example like if it was yeah. you went to the western the uh, NFC conference finals yes, true and true. lost true then wouldn't you be, you'd be like the pro bowl coach yeah. now yeah. granted yeah. the timing is the timing of the NFL that's that was a bad example but Tim. you know what I mean but because the pro bowl happens before the super bowl but blah 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 so I mean there there are there are instances but, of all-star games where it's not necessarily the winning coach Baseball, baseball is the two managers who were in the World Series the previous year coached their representative, uh, representative conferences the next year. I think and, I like that better. And than I think just giving it to the home. And I think NBA is kind of the same way, if I remember correctly. NHL might be the same way too. So if you so MLS could do the exact same thing. MLS could say, okay, whoever won the championship from the year before that manager is now the manager of the MLS team for the next all-star game. Yeah. I think I, I, I like that better. Although boy, from a, you know, from a travel standpoint, it kind of make, maybe it makes most sense just to have your home uh, hometown coach. But that's, but, but it's yeah. not again, who wants Adrian Heath coaching, coaching an all-star game anyways. I well, mean, and honestly, the, the boys at MLS.com probably do. They'll get, they'll, they'll get all the publicity for that one 
it's, the, it's, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll have a they'll have a hoot and a half talking to Adrian Heath about the All Star game. But I, I, Connor, I get it. It's it's totally about marketing. Okay, we're putting this. We're having the All Star game in Minneapolis. Let's make sure the not Minneapolis, but Minnesota. Make sure the Minnesota coach or manager is the manager for this team. Right? It's all about marketing, but it's not the best manager for the team. Especially no, if it was it. Was it Sterling's comment in our group text? Was oh, he's already they're already playing for a draw in the All Star yeah, game. He said that. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty good. That, that, that was pretty good. That was pretty funny because because we should say as long as we're talking about the MLS All Star game, which was announced technically this prior week prior to this recording, is that we still technically don't know if it's going to be um, how the format of the All Star game. We don't know if it'll, it's going to be. I certainly hope it's the same it'll as be. last year. It where will it's be. Liga MX versus. Yeah, it, it probably will be. Yeah. The, the combination now with Liga MX and MLS is it's out there, and especially leading up to the what was the um the League's yeah, Cup, uh, the League's, the League's Cup in twenty twenty three. There's yeah. there's no reason why you wouldn't do that again. I mean, it's it's good. It's good for ratings it's good for both leagues um it does a lot for liga mx too my other thing the, too, the mls gets a lot more publicity than liga mx does exactly and my other thing too though guys bringing that up is if you're going to promote both leagues at some point you're going to have to do an all-star game in mexico you're going to have to you can't keep playing this little brother big brother bullshit that you're doing right now yeah because, I agree, hundred percent, and that's because we, t- we we touched on it last. Was it last part of the pod before when yeah. we were talking about the Leagues Cup? I mean, I, I think one of my biggest disappointments was, whoa, 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 I don't have the chance to go down to pick a town watch Minnesota watch play my loons. Cruz Azul or something. Exactly, like that. Yeah. exactly. You I mean, I totally agree. You should alternate if you you're going to do this format going forward. Yeah, and I and I understand why Liga MX is partnering with MLS. Uh, but they also just say, look, we want to be on equal footing with you guys. We want to have games in our country, an all-star game, uh, Champions League, yeah. that type of stuff. We can't do just everything in the United States. That's just dumb. No, That's it is, because dumb. this is not just about the – this. I mean, obviously the MLS is on a massive growth curve, but this is this should this is also for Liga MX. They're gonna they'll be on a growth curve as well, especially if you get more and more uh, U.S. soccer fans getting into Liga MX. And I got to admit, I mean, I've watched Liga MX, but I I wouldn't call myself a close follower of it. But I tell you what, you know, with all star games like this and the leagues cup, I mean, I will get more and more into Liga MX. I mean, yep. it's it they, sh- they should be growing both leagues. It's a partnership. So let's go. Right. Yeah, I totally. Yep. That's right. All right, guys. Well, let's get out of here because it's Monday night and I'm upset again after yesterday. But uh, do you want to say one thing? Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You got some scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, for Connor and Dave. We'll talk to you guys in a week. Go Loons. Go Loons.